Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 230, Loving in the Moment, Dolphin Style. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world. You are welcome. It's good to be with you. And we're certainly going through interesting times, tumultuous times, a lot of flooding, a lot of storms, a lot of weird weather. And my heart goes out to all of those who are suffering around the world, especially in places I've visited, the Turkey and Syrians and the earthquakes. I see there was another earthquake and over in New Zealand where they've had tremendous floods. But I I know this is happening all around the world, so my love goes out to you. And we're going to travel today to the Hawaiian Islands, the clear blue seas of Hawaii, so that we can be in that joyful energy of the dolphins. Because I've just come back from the big island of Hawaii, and even though we're not now able to swim personally with the dolphins, the wild dolphins, I felt the dolphin energy, I felt the whale energy, and I got myself into the water as often as I could to be in their acoustic imagery field, because that's how they communicate with us. They send out images using sound, and that sound and that imagery doesn't just occur in that Hawaiian area, they send the consciousness into the water. And guess what? We are 70% water, as is our planet, and we drink water. And this is how our consciousness changes. Water and consciousness are deeply connected, as you may know from other references and other research studies. So here I was receiving the consciousness of the dolphins and the whales as I snorkeled around the island. And we had plenty of rain, which probably added to the water that I experienced. But it it reminded me of the importance of my times of being with the dolphins and whales, and particularly the dolphins, even though I have swum personally with the whales and had a wonderful experience with them. That's for another podcast. But for today, it's dolphins. And just so happened, as I always like to say, there was a conference I was listening to on dolphins and whales last Saturday. And I thought, okay, I think you're really trying to get me to listen, which is what often happens. And I thought of my first visit to Swim with the Dolphins, and it occurred back in 1996. I had visited the Hawaiian Islands before, but hadn't really focused on the dolphins at that time. And had, being a person of Scottish origin, swam with the porpoises, what we call porpoises, which are part of that family, had been around the waters of the porpoises up in in Scotland when I was on the many ferries that we crossed to the islands. But I think I'd never really had that close relationship with the dolphins until 1996. And it just so happened, as my life does, I'm sure you've got stories like that, just so happened, I bumped into someone in the clinic I was working in, in London at that time, my holistic practice, and they looked fantastic. (laughs) And I'd seen them a couple of years before and they didn't look so fantastic. Now they were glowing and they they looked younger and they looked fresher. And I went, wow, 
what have you been doing? And they said, I've been on the big island of Hawaii and I've been swimming with the dolphins. And it was like, ding, that's what you need to do, Christine. And so this person was linked to a conference that was coming up on music. And I went, that's what I'm going to do. And I often find that, I'm sure you have, that it's almost as if my guidance, my universal guidance says, I know what will get Christine there. If we're doing something that she's interested in, then that will be the carrot to cross her across the oceans, because I was living in London, to go and meet the dolphins, even though I thought I was just going there to meet some fantastic sound therapists, which I did. Have you had that experience where you've gone to do one thing and something else has come out of that experience? Maybe you've met someone special who was nothing to do with the conference themselves. And at this time, I met the dolphins. That was what was special for me. So the conference was being run by a lady who I have so much respect for, Joan Ocean, who is a counsellor, a psychologist by training, but she was led to start to swim, and she didn't swim before that, swim with the dolphins. The dolphins taught her how to swim. And she then has for, for many years, 30-odd years, been leading groups, swimming with the dolphins, teaching them about how to communicate with the dolphins, how to live with the dolphins. She did a lot of wonderful research with John Lilly. And she has a strong connection also with the Andromedas, the, the ETs, that we believe the dolphins have a connection with different groups, especially as Sirius B, the, the sun, the, the star Sirius B. But coming back to my 1996 experience, of course, it was wonderful. I met Joan. I met, as I say, some fantastic sound healers who I will still recommend as being some of the best in the world, people like John, Jonathan Goldman, etc. And we would go out on, we'd have the lectures in the morning and go out and swim with the dolphins in the afternoon, sometimes the other way around. And you would have all this music being played. And it was like I was in heaven. And what I learned so strongly was the importance of joyfulness and singing and love and that the dolphins would come close to us when we were in that state. And in years on, I started to bring people. Some of you may have come with me, first of all, from Europe, from Britain, from Ireland, to swim with the dolphins and to look for ETs. We did other things. And then later on, I've been taking groups from all over the world, especially from the US uh, with Leland. And so I've spent many days in the water and enjoying the dolphin energy, but also trying to give over the idea. I mean, teach, as Joan had taught me, how important it is not just to be with them, but that the dolphin consciousness is far advanced of our consciousness. They've been on the planet for millions of years, and they're trying to show us, perhaps if we want to say it, fifth dimensional living, unity living, because they, they swim in pods, P-O-D-S, in a pod. So you see a pod of dolphins, and that can be a, a small pod, or it can be a large pod. I mean, you could say 200, 300, or even just 20 or 30, but that 20 or 30 will belong to a larger pod. And so we were considered when we would go out on a boat to be a pod of people, a pod of dolphin people that were wanting to swim with the dolphins and to experience their energy. And even though I say swim, I want to say that many a time I had people who didn't swim or didn't want to swim and that they would have a dolphin experience just being on the boat, sometimes even just being in their hotel because 
as I'm hopefully explaining to you today, just being in the energy, and I'm hoping you're feeling the energy as I talk about it, that their consciousness isn't limited, you could say, to their sound waves. That as soon as we start to feel that joyfulness and imagine that blue, this crystal blue, clear water, and be with what I saw, the spinner dolphins that jump out, out of the water and spin around and go back and dive into the water again. Once you feel that energy, it will never leave you. And what the dolphins are teaching us is that when we're in joy, when we're in love, when we are working together in that place, magic happens. And they say that's when you need to set your intention, not when you're in a serious state and wondering what you're going to do and thinking and nothing happens. And I learned that over and over again. Someone needs to learn that a lot, as they obviously knew. Because if I went onto a boat with a group of people who I, you know, you could say had paid me to see the dolphins, but I'd wanted to really bring them that experience. And I was so keen for them to have an experience. If I was so keen and had these expectations and, and maybe they had their expectations, nothing happened. We saw not a single dolphin. But as soon as I switched off <laughs> and I just started singing, as Joan had taught me to do, and we started to have conversations that were joyful, we laughed, the dolphins were all around us. And so they teach us not just about being able to, as I say, see them or swim with them. They teach us that's the state of being that they want us to know about. And I'm not saying go and be happy all the time where things may not feel happy. But what they're saying is, and, and they don't say life for them is all of a bowl of roses and happiness. They're saying live in the moment. That's why I called this podcast Loving in the Moment, because they said when you're in love, when you have self-love, and I'll come back to that, when you're loving that moment, then magic happens. Now, I think I need to just say right, right away, they believe that love is being fully embodied or fully embodying an inspirational moment. Okay, so being inspired and filling yourself with that inspiration and doing all that you can to bring that inspiration into being is for them love. I am full of this inspired experience or inspired dream, and I am expressing it fully. That to them is love. Makes it slightly easier, eh? So it's what they describe in various forms that I've read it. And I'm going to encourage you to read something called The Dolphin Letters, and I'll put the link below the YouTube, and also I'll put it onto our website under the podcast. I'll also put Joan Ocean's information on there as well. But when what they describe is if you imagine them filling themselves with air inspiration and leaping out of the water, they, when they're leaping, they're saying, while leap is the leap of expression of this inspiration and spinning it around and then diving back in. So love is the fullness of our expression. And that sounds great, doesn't it? 
because it's everything we've been talking about. When we express ourselves fully, being the best that we are, not the best we can be, but the best that we are in this moment, in this moment, we're in love. So simple. And then as they go back into the water, they literally call that the expiration, the, the breath out. They're, they're diving back into the water, but they see the water as the ocean of possibilities. So here you are, the ocean of possibilities, the potential is the, the great mother's love, as the Hawaiians call the oceans. And they say, out of the great mother's love, or you could say out of the great mother's imagination, you draw into yourself and a dream, an inspiration. And then you express it fully and you celebrate by spinning in the air. And then you dive back into the water. And what you do is you embody that expression, but you let go of that inspiration or the attachment to it. And so you go back into the ocean, the ocean of possibilities, and you bring up another inspiration or maybe the same one, but in a refined form. That's the piece that they find it so hard for us to understand, that ability to let go. Because you see, they don't understand our fear of death. And we both know, <laughs> all know, that death is not about physical death. We hang on to things that have nothing to do with a physical death. We hang on to our beliefs, our identities, our children, our partners. We call it my, my children, my husband, my identity, my job. As soon as we label it as my, my belief, I believe this in my belief, my illness, we, it's become an identity. It's become a fixed expression of an inspiration or thought. We call it a belief, a perception of reality. And what the dolphins cannot understand is our need to identify with something we've created. They say, we create that spin, but we are not that spin. We create this experience, but we're not that experience. And they say, you imagine living and loving in the moment where your actions are not based on your beliefs. Loving in the moment means your actions are not based on your beliefs. And especially not based on your beliefs about yourself, your self-identity. Now, if I just break that down just for a moment... <laughs> What they're saying is that when we are full of ourselves, when we fill ourselves, that is self-love. When I say, I am going to do the best that I am in this moment, because that is love. It's not being influenced by, because you're not good enough anyway, Christine, and you do need approval. It's only when you spin well that you'll feel good about yourself. So it has nothing to say that I can be... I can be less than I am. I can only ever be full of myself. I can only be full of myself in this moment because that's what love is. And as soon as our identities, or you could say our actions are based on our past beliefs, that's when we limit our ability to love ourselves. And I wonder how often, I, I know I do it myself, I can 
I can feel a spontaneous experience coming on, but I also can hear my mind going, well, if you do that, what if this happens and that happens? And I know some of you do it as much as I do, maybe more. How many times do we influence our relationships based on what we already know about that relationship or that person in that relationship in the past relation, you know, past experiences or past experiences with another person? In other words, if you didn't believe that maybe, oh, I'm not good enough in relationships or I don't know if I'm liked or whatever it is, if we didn't take that into every relationship, what a different type of relationship we'd have. And this isn't about saying I'm so full of myself that I don't care about you. This is about I am bringing the best that I am into this relationship because you deserve it and I deserve it. That's what the dolphins do. You see, in this idea of a pod consciousness, a unity consciousness, a collective consciousness, they expect each to turn up in the best that they can be. So it's about self-love to bring unity love. Make sense? So they're not saying, oh, we're all so good. I've seen them fighting. I've seen them hurt each other. I've seen them be rowdy. But they, they would say that's fine as long as it does, it's what the influence is to the whole. If you choose to be a particular way and it's somehow strengthening the whole to be like that, that's great. But when it starts to have a detrimental effect on the whole, on the unity group, on the pod, then stop doing it. And that consciousness is something that we are not aware of, very much so. So many people. <laughs> um, only think about how's this affecting me. Yeah, they may say, oh, I'm going to act in that way because it will have an effect on someone, but they're not thinking of it in a positive way for the group. They're thinking about how am I going to be well approved of if I do it this way? How am I going to avoid criticism if I do it this way? So it's still about them. What would it be like if I just knew I was giving you the best that I am because I am already perfect, as the dolphins believe. They don't have this belief in being inadequate. And yet they want to tell us that they still teach and learn and explore and, and adventure and make mistakes, but they're saying it's not because we're inadequate. What a different world we'd live in if we started with the premise is knowing I'm perfect as I am or the best that I can be in this moment, I still want to expand and explore and teach, but it doesn't come from a place of lack. It comes from a place of adventure. It comes from a place of curiosity. It comes from a place of joy. So just, just a thought that next time you're talking with someone, be the best that you are because you already are that. And Perhaps not let those thoughts come into your head that say, what do I need to do for them to like me or approve of me or do the best? Just be yourself, knowing that's probably better than all of this other that goes on. And that when you get excited by a new idea, do it to the fullest of your ability. And then when it's done, let it go. Remember, you're not doing anything to be a better person. I still hear people say, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm evolving. I'm, I'm not there yet. You are. Everybody is. There's nowhere to go. It's just in this moment. And loving yourself in the moment is all that matters. 
So if I just take a few steps back, first of all, I learned when I want something to happen, <laughs> taking my people, my people, my, <laughs> taking people on a trip, it never happened. When I sat back and enjoyed it, maybe sang and laughed, dolphins were all around us. Lesson number one, when we're full of expectations, dolphins are not, magic doesn't happen. I want this and this and this and this to happen. Magic doesn't happen. What happens is we just keep repeating patterns. Or we might get what we want, but it's not what we need. The universe is not mean. It's not trying to hold back the money you might need. It's saying when you're working with that energy of love in the moment, everything has to flow your way because that's how it works. And if it doesn't flow your way, it wasn't meant. I mean, I'm not saying that in a, oh, well, there we are, that's an excuse. So many times I've thought, this is what I want to do. And yet when it didn't happen, I can guarantee something better happened. So lesson number one, let go of expectations. Stay in the moment, stay in the joy, knowing that you're loved, knowing that everything is just as it should be. Then put your intention out, but not the other way around. Second, I remember a time where with a group, the dolphins had not joined us that much, or they had been swimming by, which often happens. And Joan had said to us, okay, what we're going to do is put everybody in the water. <laughs> so everybody had their snorkels. It's really hard. You, it's impossible to drown in the Hawaiian waters because they're so buoyant. So everybody said, go in the water. And then she got us to hold on to a rope. And so we were towed along and the boat moved us along because she had been putting us in and out of the water. She said, okay, don't come out the water this time, stay in the water and I'll tow you until we meet some dolphins where we think they are. And what was interesting is that everybody was holding onto the, the rope with their flippers on and their snorkels and getting a little bit, oh, you know, you're kicking me or I can't see or the water's just splash me. But, you know, oh, after, oh, I don't know, a few, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, everybody had found a place of accommodating each other. The person with the bigger flippers didn't kick the person behind or maybe the person behind moved back a bit. But what I realized that the dolphins were showing us was how to cooperate with each other. Because up till then, everybody had been trying to do their own thing. I came here for the trip. I want to get this out of it. When we were all on this tow line, we had to work together. And after that, the dolphins came and played with us. Another experience I had, as I say, that many a time, the person who perhaps felt nervous of swimming, etc., they said, oh, I can't get in the water. The dolphins would come to them and, and spin around the boat. And then there were the people, if I may say, who got so obsessed with how the snorkel felt or the mast felt, etc., etc., that they, they kept saying, I can't see any dolphins. But every time they got all flustered in, in their own heads, the dolphins were underneath them and everybody would say, just look down. Oh, I've got to get it right. So sometimes when we get too caught up in our heads, trying to see and breathe properly, we're missing everything. Sometimes we just have to take the risk, put our head down and we'll see everything. And then another experience I had was I was swimming with the dolphins and I, I was very lucky that Many a time they would swim around me and we were always told don't touch them because you then place your 
your bacteria on their skin. So we, we didn't swim with our hands. We swam with our hands by our sides. We just used our flippers. And they would come so close and they would look you in the eye. And looking a dolphin in the eye was one of the most magical experiences I had. I also have looked the whales in the eye. But I still have that image of the dolphin looking me in the eye of saying, I know exactly who you are. You don't have to think. You don't have to tell me. And I love you just as you are. It felt as if I was naked on all levels and loved absolutely in that moment. And one other experience I had was I was swimming along with a dolphin and that dolphin, I can tell you, if when they're ready to leave, they just leave, Pew, they're gone. You know, you think you're keeping up with them, but they're slowing down to keep up, to stay with you. And I went, oh, the dolphins left and another one came up by my side. And then I swam with that one and that one left and another one came by my side. And the message they put towards me was, we're always with you, even though we may come in different forms. And I still can feel the love and the joy of that knowledge. So I hope you're feeling this. I hope you're feeling the magic. A lot is happening at this time. And I have to say, since we're no longer able to swim with the dolphins in Hawaii, there were far fewer dolphins there. And they may have stopped coming so close because the humans are no longer playing with them or able to play with them. But as Joan says, they're always there. They, you just have to stay with the water, be in the water, feel the energy, because you could hear their sounds. You can hear that squeak sound. And what she teaches so much and some of the things, or many of the things I'm sharing with you are things that she's taught me. But she says that, first of all, they have to find your frequency. And so, again, finding that frequency of love and joy is really important. They are interdimensional beings. So I can guarantee if you've ever been in those Hawaiian waters or maybe waters elsewhere, you literally can see, you think, for you know, several meters and yards apart, I wouldn't I'd say half a mile away, you'd say there's not a dolphin in sight. And yet within seconds, they will be there with you. And you know that they didn't just arrive by swimming. They came because they dropped into my dimension, into my frequency. And I believe that they are trying to help us to move between those dimensions. Joan talks about that, that when we're in that place of joy, we're in that fourth dimension in a very beautiful place. As I say, that dream state where you can move between time and space and that they're teaching us to, to go into that fifth dimension I've spoken about, that unity consciousness, where it's a very different energy and you no longer need to be in a, your light body is as strong as you need. So if you've ever been swimming uh, in that way, maybe sometimes I'm swimming like that when I'm in my, swim, my swimming pool, the swimming pool I go to here in, in New Mexico, I find that I'm pretending I'm a dolphin or a whale or a, a turtle, but I feel that my skin has changed and that now I'm carrying myself with my light body, that it's not my physical strength that's moving me through the water and I can swim further and further underwater. Have you had that experience? 
so that as we moved, as they teach us to move between the dimensions, they're also teaching us to change our physical form, to upgrade our physical form so that we can move through the air or move through the water with greater ease, as I say, breathe underwater. So that's one of the things they're teaching. They can move between those dimensions. They're teaching us that the way of communication is, I say, to find that level of joy and love, but then they will send a sound out with an image in it, and we could call that telepathy, so that when we're in that place of love between ourselves, heart to heart, we're in the place of joy, it's much easier to read or to pick up the messages of people who are in a similar state, isn't it? We can read people in that place. And what she says is that they will send a thought form to us that needs to match up with something that's already in our very limited brain. And it reminds me of that film Contact, where highly evolved beings are trying to find a language, and it's often a language of light or color, but also of symbolism, where they want to say is, okay, what will this stupid individual be able to pick up? So Joan tells the story of picking, seeing bubbles, for instance. She had no idea. And she gets the idea that they're trying to tell her about different forms of energy that are going to be of the future. And she said, bubbles, bubbles, I don't understand. But once they had, she had seen the word bubble or seen bubbles in her mind's eye, then they sent her more information. And I unrecognize that because when I'm working with someone and I'm reading their energy, I'll often see what I call, it's like looking through a keyhole. So it's just a small piece of the whole. And what I realize that once I can see that small piece and think, okay, that's a whatever, a tree root, then I'm given more information because now I can see the whole tree. So often it's not uncommon to see, just as Joan's describing, a small piece of something. And once you've understood that small piece, the whole is given to you. Even though, like she says, you might not understand the whole, but you understand it's almost like the key that gets you into the hole eventually. So they're teaching us futuristic ideas, which is so exciting. They come from the future. They come from the stars. They've been here a long time. And she also speaks about times where they have not been in history. They're not in mythology. She said the first time she went to Hawaii, she realized that none of the mythologies that were being taught had the words dolphin in it. And she realized that orphans have been off this planet for several hundreds of years and then reappeared. And they seem to reappear at times where humanity is taking that next leap. We're spinning with them. And the word Delphi comes from the word dolphin. And it was a time I always heard when the Atlantis, the civilization fell, one group went to Greece, what we call Greece, and they came in as the dolphins, and hence the word Delphi. So the dolphins have both taken water or swum through water, but they've also been land beings, which is why we often see what we say mermaids or merman or some of the gods that we describe as gods have tails. So you too have been a land and an air and a water being at some point. So I hope I'm inspiring you to be dolphin-like. You don't need to go to Hawaii. You just have to find that space of joy. If you want to see clear water, if you want to see spinning dolphins or swimming dolphins, look into the eye of a dolphin and you're there. They're there. 
And when you're there, that's the time to set your intentions. And remember, they don't believe that we need to be defined by our beliefs or identities. Meet everybody in that space. Get out of our own way. Know that we are the best we need to be in this moment, in this loving space, and magic happens. And I just want to finish with one other little piece that's going on at this moment on the big island. There was, as you know, a volcano, Mauna Loa went off, and Mauna Loa has now shut itself down again. It went from November to December. But about that same period of time, there has been massive ET activity around the Hawaiian Observatory. And if you go onto a website, again, I'll put this under my YouTube, Gina Colvin Hill. She has many images of strange observations coming from the cameras that are up there on the observatory in Hawaii of strange lights and strange subjects, subject, um, specimens, <laughs> substances. And she is surprised to see that now they have turned off some of those cameras so people can't see. And I think, I believe, and this is what I was told when I was out there in the waters just recently, that whatever happened to the volcano, the recent volcano, and of course Kilauea is still erupting and will do for a while, and the earthquakes, I believe that new lava tubes were created, new passageways in the mountains. And I believe that there's some activity happening with all these huge tunnels that are in these volcanic mountains, because there are, if you've ever been into a lava tube, masses of tunnels created by the lava flowing. And there's something happening that I believe the whales and the dolphins have some contact with some ET activity, some UFO activity happening, because that's why I think that I saw less whales and dolphins than I usually do. And I do not believe that the activity of the volcanoes has quietened. It's more that it's now underground. Something's happening. Something's happening in these particular mountains that were, uh, are the largest volcanoes. They were, they did come from the sea, as you can imagine. Um, and I believe that these were, of course, the land of Mew, the land of Lemuria. So something's happening, and these portals or these doorways are opening within the waters and the oceans. And I think the whales and the dolphins are assisting in this transition that's taking place in that area and I think around the world. So I leave you with that thought. I hope that excites you. And until we meet again, take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel, on YouTube, and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. You share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.